0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, good morning, Passion Life Church. How you doing this morning? It's good to see you, you doing okay. Well, welcome to part three of the series that we've been called. We've entitled "Body Parts," and let me just let you know that next week uh, is Thanksgiving week, and. Uh, uh, we have so much to be thankful for, but we will have church on Sunday at 10 a.m., and we are going to look at this part of body parts, and we are going to talk about the body, Jesus' body, being broken for us, and we're going to take communion together. It's going to be a great time of reflection and, uh, and and just being thankful, and so I'd just love for you to come and bring some of those crazy family members with you. Come on, somebody that are coming over for the food and invite them to church. You never know what, what God can do, and so this. this. This morning, we're in part three as we continue this amazing series. And really what we've been talking about is about what it means to be the body of Christ. You know, when you and I receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior and he comes inside of our lives, um, the Bible says you become a part of the body of Christ. And Paul gives us this amazing analogy, and he talks about how, and he gives us this analogy that he uses kind of like our natural body. That as we are the church, the church is called the body of Christ, and Jesus is the head of the church. The body should have a head on it for it to function, and Jesus is that head. And how many of you know we are not just to attend church? We are the church. We are to be the church, not just when we come to this building. You know, a lot of people think that the church is a building. A church is not a building. A church is a people. A people coming together for a purpose. And let's look at our theme scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. It says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. You know, I personally love the local church. And I'm going to tell you why. I love it because Jesus loves the church. Jesus is building the church. It's the one thing that Jesus said he's building. He is building the local church. I love the church. How many of you know Jesus died for the church? But I'm going to tell you what the church has done in my life. The church has made me a better man. The church has made me a better husband. Coming to church and sitting under the word of God has made me a better father. You know, the church coming together has taught me and sitting under my pastor has taught me how to interpret the word of God for daily use. So when I'm going through things, I was thinking about this week how grateful I am to have a pastor in my life that helps me to understand the word of God. And I actually thought about this, and not just because it was Pastor Appreciation Month in October, but I got to tell you this. I was thinking about how many things that I've gone through and come through, and I traced it back to how our pastor has taught us to use the word like God wants us to use the word. And I want to say today that I am the person and I've come to discover my gifts, my talents, and who I can be because of the local church. Anybody thankful for the local church? And I'm going to just encourage you. Jesus loves the church. And when we love God, we should love his church. I'm always concerned when people say, I love God, but I don't go to church. No, we're supposed to love God. And when we love God, we love his house. Come on, somebody. This morning, what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about body chemistry. Since we're in this series, Body Parts, we've actually talked about body building, turning our house into a home. Last week, I talked about body functions, that we, a body functions together in harmony, that your arm is not supposed to be disconnected from the body. So many people, so many Christians live as spiritual amputees. They live disconnected disconnected from the body they don't go to church i talk to people a lot well i just kind of stay home i you know i watch this church service on the internet hey that's all good but let me just tell you this you need to be a part of a local church disconnected body parts never fulfill their function and so God wants us to be connected. And we talked about how the body functions. But today let's talk about body chemistry. You know, when we're talking about individuals who are in love, a lot of times we'll say, "Woo! you know what, they got some good chemistry together. I remember before I was married, man, I dated some girls and uh, they were pretty, not as pretty as my wife, but they were pretty, Right. And they were, man, and I was like, whoa, I can't even believe that she would consider going out with me. And we would go out, and I would, wow, but there was no chemistry. Can I tell you why? Because she never laughed at my jokes. And when I met my wife and we started talking, some of them, my jokes went right by them. Or they would say, you know what, I don't think that's funny. I was like, ooh, wicked wist, the wicked witch of the West. <laughs> Or we would talk about future and they would say, I don't want any kids. I'm not going to sacrifice my body for a child. Ooh, no chemistry there. Right? And chemistry is so important. I remember when I met my wife and we should just have these conversations and I really even wasn't trying to be funny, but she would laugh and she got me and I got her and that there was chemistry, but you know what? It's the same in the body of Christ. Cause you know, when we say chemistry, that really means that there's a cohesiveness or there's a, a unity and an analogy that Paul is using in this series is he's talking about your body in 1st Corinthians 12 that the church is referred to the body of Christ. And so let's look at 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verse 24 today. Let's talk about body chemistry today. 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verse 24 says this, "But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked" It, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. How? Here's a question. How well would our natural body function if every member of the body didn't walk in harmony with each other? See, here's the goal of our church. The goal of our church is to function and operate as a body in unity, in unity. Your family needs to have unity. You know, Jesus said it this way in Matthew 12, 25. He said, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Listen, it doesn't matter how powerful the kingdom is. If a kingdom in itself is divided, it will not stand. And it's the same even with our families. If our families are divided, guess what? It will not stand. If your marriage is divided, it will not stand. Why do churches fail? You know why churches fail? Because they have a divided purpose. They have what we call die vision. It's not just one vision, it's divided vision. And so the Bible talks about how when there's divided vision and that we have to guard against envy, we have to guard against uh, strife. You know what? Listen to this. Listen to how powerful James tells us that we have to be on guard for strife because look at what it does. In James chapter 3, verse 16, it says, for where envying and strife is, there is what? Confusion and every evil Work. See, the way that the enemy destroys and comes into churches is he tries to divide people. The way that he comes and his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy from your marriage. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy from your family. And here's how he does it. He does it by division. Where there's lack of unity. And James says that when there is strife. You are opening up the door to every evil work. It got quiet in here. And so we need to guard the unity of our churches. We need to guard the unity of our marriages. We need to guard the unity of our family. So what I wanted to do today, as we talk about body chemistry, I want to give you four insights, powerful insights about unity today. And so if we know that strife and envy and hate are the source of division, then here's number one. Unity will abound where love flows. Well, let me say that again. Unity will abound where love flows. Flows. And just like blood is to your natural body, that it flows through your body, love is to our spiritual body. And just as the body part, if, if, it's, if it, it doesn't have a supply of blood, it'll get cut off. Guess what happens even in church? People get disconnected when they don't feel the flow of love. You know, I love that scripture that says God is love. Love. So what happens? See, strife, what, is, what does it do? Strife divides. But you know what love does? Love unites. And without love, there can be no unity. But where love flows, life flows. I haven't met one person that doesn't want to be loved. You know, people say that, and they come across sometimes as hard, but you know, reality is is that we all want to be loved, and i got to tell you why. Because there is a hole in our heart that God has put there for Him, and that hole can only be filled by Him, and He is love. All of us have a longing to be loved. All of us have a longing to belong. But you know what? If people don't feel loved and appreciated, guess what they do? They start to get disconnected. They start to drop off. Paul said it this way in Colossians chapter two, verse two, and I love the way the Amplified Bible says it. It says, for my hope is that their hearts may be encouraged as they are knit together unselfishly in love. Did you know that love is not selfish? Did you know that love is actually unselfish? Love actually considers other people first and the mission of passion life church is to be a river of love now notice notice what i didn't say a river of love when the world loves us i said a river of love despite what's going on in the world because right now the world is divided right now the world is full of hate there's people that hate the president there's people that love the president There's people that like you. There's people that hate you. But there is just this division in our nation. But you know what? We need to have a river of love. And I'm going to tell you why. John says it best in John chapter 17, verse 20. You can turn over there. John chapter 17, verse 20. Watch this. He says this, my prayer, and this is Jesus talking. My prayer is not for them alone I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be what? One. Come on, can we say it louder? That all of them may be what? One. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you are, have sent me. What? What? What what did he just say? Jesus said all of this so that what? The world may believe? Huh. I thought Jesus didn't care about the world. I thought the world was just a bunch of sinners. I thought Jesus didn't. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he sent his son to die on the cross so that the world can be saved. That God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. So you're telling me that I'm supposed to love you, not just to love you, but to love you because the world is actually watching That we're, as the church and in my family, as my husband, as the man of my house, I'm supposed to have unity in my family. Why? Because the world is watching. And when they see unity in the body of Christ, it affects them. It provides influence for us. It's funny. When you think about your body, it's like my right leg saying, nope, I'm not going to go left. I'm the right leg. I'm always right. And my left leg going, hey, right leg, no. I'm the left leg, we're going left. I don't go right, I'm the left leg. Where would your body go? Absolutely nowhere. And you know what, it's interesting, that's like most churches, right? And they argue over the silliest things. I remember growing up, I was a youth pastor. And if you're ever a youth pastor, just ask for God's grace. Because not only sometimes do the kids hate you, but the parents hate you, and so do the church leaders. And you're just trying, I remember we are trying to have a dance thing We had this hour-long meeting of whether we could move the piano from the middle of the stage, which was on wheels, Slide it over so we can have it. We could, I mean, we argued and I'm just sitting there going, I just want to win people to Jesus. I don't really care where the freaking piano is, but do we got to sit here and argue? Do we care more about where the piano is than people coming to Jesus? And when we do, we have a problem and we have a body that will not move forward. But just imagine your legs and your right leg saying, I'm not going left. Guess what? Your right leg has to go left if the head says to go left. But sometimes that's kind of how we can function. And even in our families, look at verse 22. It says, I have given them the glory. Jesus is talking that you give me that they may be one. Here he goes. He's talking again about unity as we are one. Let me ask you a question. How many of you think Jesus and the Father are one? How many of you think Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are one? They are three, right? We say three personalities in one, functioning as one, right? Jesus even said when, I was on, when he was on the earth, he said this, I don't do anything that my father doesn't tell me to do. We are one. And notice what he's saying. He says, I've been giving them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Verse 23, I in them and you in me. May they be brought, listen to this, to complete unity Here it is again. Why? To let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So what? We're supposed to have unity? Not just because it's good for us, but we're supposed to have unity so the world can see it? So this means as a Christian, I just didn't sign up for a bless me club. This means as a Christian that my life is not just all about me. Can I just tell you, I believe in the blessings of God. Man, if you come to our church, you will find out we did a whole series on this is the victory. But let me just tell you one thing, one thing about the blessing of God. The blessing God of God comes to you so it can go through you. Listen, Jesus said when we give, here's what happens. The Bible talks about when you and I tithe in Malachi, this is what he says, when we give our 10%, he opens up the windows of heaven, listen, and pours out a blessing that you can't contain it. Why does he not want us to contain it? He wants you to have enough, not just for you, but for you to be able to give somebody else a blessing. See, I I talk with people about their finances and we talk about giving. They're like, well, Pastor Phil, I'm good. I'm good. This isn't about you being good. This is about you having over enough to be generous on different occasions that when people need stuff, you could say, I will bless you. You know why? Because God has so blessed me. And see, he never asks us to give what we don't have, but he's talking about our unity. He's talking about, listen, we need to come together as the body of Christ so that the world will know what God is all about. You know what Jesus is saying here? He's saying how precious a commodity is unity, especially, listen, in a divided world that we live in. And here's number two. This is a powerful insight about unity. Unity will impact our influence in the world. Do you know the number one reason everyone on earth isn't saved and Jesus hasn't returned? You know why? It's because the body of Christ is is divided in their mission and their purpose. Jesus said that he will come back when this gospel has been preached throughout the world. And here we are as Christians, we're divided, churches are divided. You know, some churches, even, and it's sad to say, are divided even by race. You know, I love, and I've said this so many times, I want to make sure that we have a multicultural church Because that is a picture of heaven. But you know what? Some churches are divided by their beliefs. Some churches are divided by their doctrine. Man, listen, I want to win the world. These other churches around here are not our competition. They are on the same team. We play for the same coach. And you know what? As long as they declare that Jesus is the Christ and the Lord, hey, man, we can hang out and let's go win the the world. We're not in competition with anybody else. But people are divided in their purpose. The church is divided in their purpose. We can't even decide when we're going to show up. Do you know that statistics say in the church world, the average attendance in the church, for the church, people who love God, is twice a month. Now let me ask you this. If your favorite football team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, come on, who are 8-2 and somebody. If the Pittsburgh Steelers practice twice a month, how good would they be? And here's where we are. We can't even decide when we're going to show up. Well, I just don't think it's that important. I just don't think, well, do you know what? There's a mission and a purpose. And listen, uh, if we can come together on a purpose, it's important that you show up. Because you're part of the church. And when you're not here, you are the only you that will ever be. And when you come, you bring your flavor. Or as I like to say, your flavor. Come on, somebody. Flavor, flavor. Come on, you bring your flavor and a little spice is nice, come on somebody and when you're not here we miss you because there's nobody like you but why can't the church be united and here's the reality here's what's going to take only a united church can heal a divided land let me say that again because that's really powerful only a united church can heal a divided land This is why there's a bigger picture involved. This is why the enemy works overtime to keep us divided. Because he knows that if we can come together as the church, if our family can be united in our neighborhood, it can affect our neighborhood. You know what, if our marriages could be united, it can affect our family, that can affect our neighborhoods. And you know what, if our church is united, it can affect our city. And if cities unite, guess what, we could change our whole nation. But ladies and gentlemen, it starts with the church. And guess who's part of the church? Would you just look at your neighbor real quick and just go, you're the church, we're the church. I used to tell our kids, they're like, I, ain't you know, I just don't like coming to youth because it's boring. And I'm like, well, that's because you're boring because I ain't boring. I tell my kids all that. You want to know what kind of church we're going to have? Well, it's the pastor. No, we're going to have the type of church because guess what? We create the atmosphere in here. And you have 10 boring people in here. And it doesn't matter how energetic I am. doesn't matter how many monsters drinks that I have drank and try to get you. If you're going to be boring, some of you have cheese. I'm going to church because I got to go to church. And you come in here with a sourpuss face and you sit down, all right, And you have four or five people doing that. Like, oh, man, I'm here to pay for my sins. Oh, man. Yeah, you know what? Well, gosh, man, it really stinks to be you. You're the church. This building isn't going to be passionate. We've got to be passionate. We've got to come together. And I like to say, we got to bring it. Oh, just didn't like the worship. Well, did you worship? Because I didn't see you singing. Nobody's singing. Hey, you sing. I didn't know if I was turned the wrong way because nobody said anything. I want our church to be on fire. Are you on fire? I want our church to love. Do you love? Because here's what we do. I'm just going to sit here and wait for somebody to get me on fire. We've tried. We've lit you with kerosene. You ain't lighting. Because God is here. Guess what? Because we're two or more gathered in his name. He's right in the midst. This morning, Jesus is here. And what are you going to do about it? I love that. Because the Bible says that. Jesus showed up in his home in his hometown, and they didn't do anything, because one of us hating that's the carpenter, that's Joseph's son. Man, he builds good tables. He builds good he builds good tables, huh? And the Bible says he walked out of there, and he only healed a few. Why is that? Because Jesus can be right in the midst, and if you don't respond by faith, nothing's going to happen. See, God's not going to make you lift your hand. God is not going to make you be on fire for Him. But I will tell you this if you give Him a little bit and open up your heart, He will set your life on fire and He will set you aflame. I'm preaching better than you're responding, I'm telling you that. And look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. From with the whole body, everybody say that, the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies by every joint supplies with every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth ooh ooh what happens when everyone part what what happens the, causes it to grow and the body for edifying itself. It's funny, Art um, planned a, a trip for the church to go see the storm, baseball, right? So we're all sitting there, and you always have that crazy guy that tries to start the wave. Have you ever seen that guy? And everybody's over there, and he goes like this. Some people are like, hey, I think he's trying to start the wave. Now, why does this guy try to start the wave? Let's just be honest. Why is he doing it? Maybe he's had a little too much to drink. Maybe he's a little cray-cray. I I, I don't know. But what is he trying to do? He's trying to encourage, and he's trying to make everybody in that stadium have a good time. Right? And I, I I just thought of this right now. And then that guy goes up this, and you have three or four people. Right, we were on the. It didn't even get to us like up till a half hour later, right? Because they're all over there, and we're all just like, there are some of us on the edge of our seats, are like, okay, it's coming, it's co- Oh no, it didn't come. Here, we go, I think it's coming, and just died out. And then all of a sudden, it's like everybody, oh, we're doing the wave, we're doing the wave. And then here it comes, and everybody, right? Now you have some people just kind of sit there. Wow, this is cool. I felt it. You didn't feel nothing. But wait till you get up and lift your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. Woo-hoo. And there came the wave. And everybody got up. Oh, it was so exciting. I hadn't done the wave since like 10 years ago. But that's kind of like the church. Somebody and God is trying to spur us to good works and to love one another. And there are some who are just waiting for that wave to hit. And I got to tell you, we all got to get up. We all got to come together. We all got to be unified together. Every part does its share. But here's the problem. We're not united in our purpose. Can I just tell you one of the things that really gets me? It's like the people who have been reached by the gospel don't want to reach other people now. Thank God that somebody reached you. Now, here it's up to you to reach somebody else. It's like, well, I've been reached by the gospel. Yeah, I'll praise God. (laughs) So, who are you reaching? Because the whole point of God loving you is not just so you can be loved, but you can love other people. The whole purpose of God reaching you isn't just for you, but you are a part of a neighborhood, a city. Come on, a state, a world that he said go into all the world and preach the gospel. Guess what? It starts with your world at your house. Every joint supplies. Here's number three. Are you so glad you came to church? Hey, just be glad I didn't have you all do the wave. Here's number three. You, <laughs> I know some of you are like, I'm comfortable. Here's number three. Unity will strengthen the body and lighten our load. You know, the strength of the body is you doing your part. I know this isn't incredibly profound, but it is to me. Do you know the word Unity. Starts with you. The word unity starts with, look, I just think it's funny how you and I. You. See, dad, unity in your family starts with you. Husband, unity in your family starts with you. Wives, unity in your family starts with you. Well, that doesn't make sense. If it's starting with my husband, then it can't start with me. But see, if both of us will own it, it'll happen. Because here's what we do. We wait for other people to do it. And I, I gotta encourage you, be a unifier, not a divider. Because here's what can happen in the church. We're waiting for other people to do it. I came out of my apartment probably about three weeks ago and I saw a fire that was on the mountain. How many of you saw that Were near the fire? And, uh, and I think this is kind of just indicative of how we act. I saw that fire and I was like, wow, that's burning. Oh, well, I got to go pick up my kid. And then something in me said, Aren't you going to call somebody? Here's my first thought somebody else got it. Somebody's got that. I don't need to be a part of this. I'm sure somebody else has called. So you know what I did? I picked up the phone and called. And the guy said, Yeah, somebody's called. But I thought that's how we kind of live our lives. Who's gonna win our community? Pastor Phil Will. That's guy, yeah, and he's a great guy. He's funny, man. He's talking about doing the wave of church, and it's great. I don't live in your neighborhood. I don't. I'm not a part of your natural family, a part of your spiritual family. But what if every one of us today walked out and say, in my household, unity starts with me? Teenager, Unity starts with you. I just want my parents to be unified. So what are you doing? You slamming the door and telling your parents not to walk in your room is not being unified. Because unity starts with you. And I just wonder what would happen across America and around around the world if every believer, just think about it, if we were all unified in just declaring our faith. What if we were just unified and meeting our neighbors just to, to encourage them and love on them? You don't have to have the whole Bible memorized, but just maybe to get outside. You know, somebody told me this this week, and I was so encouraged by it. They said, You know what? We don't celebrate Halloween, but here's what we did. We went out instead of closing the door and shutting the light off and kind of, you know how you do? You kind of look out. You know, I want to see who's coming in. You're like, Oh my goodness, look at these. Yeah, I knew my neighbor was a freak. Oh my goodness. Right? Instead of doing that, you know what they did? They got out into the community, and they just started walking around and talking to people. And they started talking, and she, well, this lady was telling me this week, she said, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have found out that one of my neighbors is really going through something. And we connected, and she said, now I'm connecting with her and praying with her, and I'm gonna invite her to church. See, it, what, if, what if all of us came together, every believer, right? What if all of us came together and worshiped? What if all of us all across America came together in the world and said, we're going to serve? Can I just ask you, what if all across America and the world, every believer decided, hey, we're going to give tithes and offerings together? You know what? I was looking up this, this, this statistic. You know, according to Christianity Today, you know how many people globally, this is globally, nationally, globally. You know, in the church, how many people tithe? 10% of the local body actually, 10 to 25% actually tithe, actually give to the house of God. It's like I said last week. You have people that are disconnected to the body, and we wonder why we can't change the world. But I will tell you this. I hear Christians complaining about the world. And I'm going to tell you something. I've been a little bit more bold. And when they start complaining, I just say, what are you doing about it? What are you doing? Are you giving to make sure that the church moves forward? Are you serving? Because here's the reality. We can do more together than you can just do by yourself. And let me just, I don't don't understand this, but let me just ask you this. If you don't trust God with your money, how can you trust him with your life? If you don't trust God with your money, even more, how can you trust God with your eternity? Just a thought for today. Oh, God, you have my life. Yeah, God, I know I'm going to go to heaven. Yeah, but you know what? I, I won't trust you here on earth. What if people came together, the whole bot? Could you imagine if we all faithfully served the church. I've heard people tell me, Pastor Phil, man, I love the church. The church was there when I needed it. Oh, I, I could. the church was there when, when I really needed it. And I asked the person the other day, I said, yeah, but what about when the church needs you? What about when the church needs you? Because, see, we can look at the church and say, oh, man, thank God that people are there for counseling. Thank God that people, because you know what? We're helping you raise your kids. Not, we're not raising, but we're helping. We're supplementing. Man, what my son is learning back in that class, man, it's helped us in our family. And you know what? Thank God. But what happens when the church needs You, But see, here's the cool thing. What's a struggle for one is easily accomplished by a group. And here's what happens. If we were all able to come together in unity and serve and give and love each other, love our neighborhoods, you know what we would do? We would fulfill the mission of Jesus. And we would change the world. Come on, somebody. We would change the world. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one, listen to this, in spirit. And in purpose, look at verse three do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same like Christ Jesus. The same. What is our purpose? I'm going to tell you what our purpose is we exist to win the world. As the church, we exist to carry out the mission of Jesus, and that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Here's number four as we close today. It's a powerful truth about unity. Unity will increase the flow of God's power. You wanna see God's power working in your family? We need to fight for unity. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible talks about how they were all in one accord in the upper room. In Acts chapter 4, if you read down to verse 29, you don't have to turn there, but let me just read it. It says, now, Lord, consider their threats. The church was under threats. And... Uh, enable, Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Verse 30, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And listen to this, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word boldly. When were they all filled? They were all filled when they came together with a common purpose and a common unity. God shook the place because God's power will not flow in disunity. God's power will not flow in confusion. This is why even with my wife and myself, when there are disagreements, we know we have to guard against strife and disunity. Because you know what? You start opening that door to every evil work in your family. And we got to fight for unity. Listen, husbands, if that means you have to be the one to apologize first, I'm going to say something because my wife's in kids' life. I apologize even when I don't know what I did. Sometimes I don't understand. But guess what? It doesn't matter. Because if she feels something, I'm going to fight for unity. And I'm going to be the one. And I'm going to say this. There have been times where I've had to apologize to my son. See, I I think sometimes as parents we think, well, you know what, our our kids and they need to respect, yeah, you know what, they'll respect you a whole lot more when you admit when you're wrong, even as a parent. Because I want to fight for unity. I want to keep that relationship with my son. And if I don't keep my word, or I did, I say, you know what, son, I'm sorry. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy missed that. I I miss, I'm sorry. Because you know what, I want unity, because I want God's power to flow within us. I'm being honest with you today. Unity starts with you, and it'll increase the flow of God's power. I want to just close with this story. There's, an old, there's a story in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 11. You can read it later. It's, it's about the Tower of Babel. Maybe some of you have, have read the story. But God told all of the people, he says, listen, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. Listen again. Listen to this. I want you to fill the earth. I don't want you to just stay in this little group, but here's my command. I want you to reach the world. I want you to... Fill the earth. And here's what they said. Nope. We're going to stay right here. As a matter of fact, in rebellion to God, here's what we're going to do. We are going to stay right here and we're going to build the biggest tower that we can build. And the king, his name was Nimrod. His actual name in the Hebrew means rebellion. And he said they were basically against God and said, we're not going to go fill the earth. We're going to stay right here and be this little group. It sounds to me like a lot of churches that I've been to. We just want us four and no more, and this is going to be our little clique. (laughs) I ain't going to that church because you're not going to win the world. We need a church that's going to win the world. Come on, somebody. We need to go and, and send out people to win the world. They said, no, we ain't doing that. And so they built this tower. And here's what, let me just read this to you, and we'll pray. Genesis chapter 11, verse 5, it says, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. Look at verse 6. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing, then nothing, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. You know, the word babble in Hebrew means confusion. You hear kids, or when somebody's like, he's babbling, it means confusion. So what God did is he had to come down because they were all speaking one language. He says, "Uh uh-uh, that's not what I want. I want the earth to be filled. I want you to speak different languages so you can go and fulfill the earth. But I want to leave you with this, Passion Life Church. The principle and the truth is still the same. Would you put that scripture back up? In verse 5, it says this nothing, verse 6, it says, nothing they plan to do will be impossible to them. What about the church? The church that is speaking the same language. The church that is behind a vision. the The church that is united. Guess what? Nothing that they plan to do will be impossible to them. What about the family that's all talking the same language in unity, coming together in unity with no strife and no envy? Guess what? Your family, nothing that you plan to do will be impossible for your family because unity is so powerful and you're part of that. You're valuable to this local body. Every single one of you, every single one of you is valuable. Every one of you has a function in the body. And you know what? As we come together and we come together in unity And behind the vision of Passion Life Church, guess what? We're going to see God's power flow. And we're going to see the world reached for the kingdom of God. Would you stand with me this morning? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.